Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. Yeah. Hey, Pastor Rod was just talking about dancing on stage. That's right. Yeah. Dude, you know, so, I don't know if you notice, sometimes I, I can kind of get groovy. You, the, the, more than like the dad sway? Uh, well, okay. I, I, I'm pretty conscious of it. So I try to, I try to not do too much more than the dad sway, but yeah. like I, I'm kinda, I can feel this sometimes, man. Yeah. I feel yeah, it. Fair enough. Fair enough. But I don't want to have anyone stumble and be like, oh, Pastor Rod's a charismatic. Clearly. Why is he rolling on the floor? <laughs> What's he doing? Dude, I'm glad you don't do that anymore, though. I mean, anymore. You know, I don't recall ever rolling on the floor. Well, you wouldn't. You didn't remember that day. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would. I think you were it would. rebuked. There were some demons cast out. Oh, man. Have you seen those videos recently, though, yes. where the, the, the woman is casting out a, I'm holding up air quotes here, a demon from this guy, generational yes. demons, and she's yeah. calling it out. And, and he's like, he's doing this. He's shaking on the floor and then in the middle oh this is not even funny i'm sorry in the middle of this I know what you're saying demonic casting out this guy his shirt is kind of coming up but he's kind of a big dude you know he's not he's got kind of the dad bod thing going on his shirt starts riding up and then in the middle of him convulsing he pulls down his shirt right the demon was concerned about modesty <laughs> <laughs> To have self-awareness as you're being a, 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 exercise, exercise, thank you, exercise. I just think that that was funny, man. I yeah. laughed. I laughed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's an Instagram channel called the Holy Nope. The Holy Nope. And uh, it's this guy who, who highlights all those things and, and helpfully exposes then afterwards, like, okay, here's what's wrong with what's happening right now. Um, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. No, Pastor, I was not going to do that. But speaking of the dad sway, have you, have you fallen prey to that where you're sitting there talking to a family and maybe they've got a, like a, an infant or a newborn and, and they're doing the sway with the newborn and, and you're just, it's like something in our DNA as dads that, that you just start swaying parallel with the person. I remember there was a, a child dedication service back in, in Elisa Viejo and, uh, Pastor Mike was up there and Pastor Mike took the, the baby from the dad and Pastor Mike's holding the baby and Pastor Mike's kind of doing the, the, the rock, the sway with the baby because yeah. he has the baby. That makes sense. The dad was totally parallel, like in sync. It was like synchronized swaying up there. It was hilarious. Wow. I don't recall that. I don't know that I, if I, if I have done that, I don't, I don't remember doing that. Well, we, yeah, it, it, pay attention next time you're standing around somebody who's swaying with the baby and, and you'll start rocking back and forth. Dude, like, Andrew oh, Huberman. Man. So he, he does his podcast, the Andrew Huberman podcast. He's a, it's a creative title. I know, right? Is providential. He got that, right? And my, my sermon this weekend, the Pastor PJ sermon. The Pastor P. Well, okay, get out of here. <laughs> the, the podcast was about, so he does neuroscience stuff and he talks about mirror neurons. And those mirror neurons are there, really, they've been identified that they, they cause you to mirror your, the person you're talking with because it's, it's a bonding experience. So when people like cross their legs for whatever reason, there's an, it's subconscious. You, you kind of want to do the same. And if you end up in the same posture, it's, it's suggestive that you're on the same, you're like, you're on the same wavelength. You're yeah. synchronizing, which is kind of cool. I think for God to create that in humanity is profoundly awesome. Yeah. And it's, it's endlessly deep in what it suggests. Well, we communicate with our body language so much more than we realize. A hundred percent, right? 60% like, plus of our body of our communication is body language. Yeah. Crossing arms, right? Yeah. Like what that communicates, especially when you're sitting, listening to a sermon, you know, if, yeah. if you're sitting out in the audience and you're, you've, you're crossing your arms with while the furrowed you're eyebrow. To preaching. <laughs> this guy, and then shaking your head as a furrowed eyebrow, shaking your head, arms crossed 
what else dude i, I appreciate the, the 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 north southers up there that the head nodders the up and down you know the, what the tell the them man. you see them yeah tell them that that's I helpful I, it's super tell helpful them again just just tell us more about it's, that it's super helpful people act like yep. we can't see them yeah it's not it's not a youtube video like right. we could see you we this is happening you. right now we see you yeah yeah and when you're sleeping we see you yes we, we do we know that we, yeah we, we for whatever reason we see you more than others yeah <laughs> we see yep. when you're snoozing it's like how can i get this guy woken up yeah do you know that ushers back in the day they used to carry long sticks and what they were for is reaching through into the middle Wrapping of the pews and and whacking somebody in the back of the head if they were oh, asleep dude bring it back bring we're gonna it give those back. to steven yeah bring it back yep let's yep. do it and we put the compass brand on it too so that when we hit you in the back of the head it sticks on your head yeah yeah what a branding well <laughs> yeah wow okay yeah <laughs> Everybody walking around with big knots, knots on their noggins. What happened? My, I'm just my supporting my church. <laughs> my church cares a lot about the preaching. We do care a lot about the preaching because the problem that all of us have is a heart problem, right? Because the heart is deceitful. That's above a good all things. connection to, to Jeremiah 17, which it you is. open your Bibles. If you're not there yet, we have a lot to say about this. And contrary to yesterday's podcast, today is not going to be nearly as long. It's not going to be 26 minutes. It's, it's going to be uh, less than that. It's not. I declare... In the name of our Lord Jesus, it's not going to be 26 minutes. Wow. We better keep it there. Then you, you better. Whoa. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jeremiah 17, the sin of Judah. You're leading this podcast. Written with an iron pen. I'm yeah, that, passenger that, that's not. A, <laughs> you done? You got more? I'm done. Okay. Yeah. It, it's not a good thing. And, uh, this is the, the the prime indictment here against Israel. Verse nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Uh, if you've ever been given the advice, you should follow your heart. It's bad advice. If you've ever given the advice, you should follow your heart. It's bad advice. It's bad advice. Yeah. The worst advice you can give somebody. It is. So is that still true for believers? Because we talk about it, right? New covenant language talks about taking away the heart of stone, giving me a heart of flesh. Is this still true for believers today? That's a really interesting question. And I have a nuanced answer, I hope. Yes and no. This is one of your favorite questions. Yes. <laughs> Should we trust it or not? Yes. No. <laughs> well, to your point, I think, I think there's always a healthy suspicion you should have for your flesh. Yes. Always a good, a good to be suspicious of what you're intending to get. Cause I think Jeremiah is still true. I mean, who, who can really know the heart? I don't know all that I'm thinking. I don't know For all sure. that I'm feeling. I know God does. But on the other hand, I do also trust that the spirit uses inclinations and desires. I mean, uh, Psalm 34, 34, seven, uh, 37, four, uh, the, the desires of the heart, that, that passage where he says, he'll give us the desires yeah. of the heart. Okay. Yep. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. That's what it says. So I do think God does operate on our heart such that he can give us desires that are right and godly. And it's very possible that he could speak to us in that, in that department. However, I always exercise a healthy suspicion of what my heart feels and believes. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. Uh, I think the transformation of the heart is progressive, just like our sanctification is progressive. Yeah, that's true. Um, Indeed. And uh, so yes, it, it, it's good to question it. And, and yet, yes, it's, it's encouraging to see progress and growth in, uh, in what our desires are. Uh, also, let's be careful. This is not a, 
allowing us to say it's not my fault the heart did it that you gave me did it it's it's the heart's fault the devil um, made me do it right the the heart is just revealing the the uh the desires of the flesh the heart is the 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 seat right there i mean when jesus said the the mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart right it's it's indicative of the true person in so many ways mm-hmm. um and so uh we we need to be careful not to say well it's the heart's fault as though this is some disembodied part of us that's causing us to sin Chapter 17, he hits on another problem with Israel that he hasn't really addressed so much, and, and really Isaiah didn't either, but uh, it's the idea of the, the Sabbath and not honoring the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was meant to be that time of, of, of rest, that time of dependence, that time of worship of, of Yahweh, and the people were ignoring that and not doing that anymore. And this was another problem that Yahweh had, and he was angry with the people for doing that. Um, they were breaking, this is one of the commandments that they were breaking, so not just idolatry, but here they're breaking the command to, to keep the Sabbath holy as as well chapter 18 then we get into a familiar uh illustration that we've seen before in the prophets but also paul uses it in romans 9 and that is the the authority of god as the potter over the clay and so as as jeremiah is even wrestling with this and certainly the the other people in israel are jeremiah is being persecuted we skipped over that in chapter 17 but man uh, jeremiah's in danger he's praying that god would save his life because of what's going on in uh, in opposition to him and that's going to continue right that's that even shows up later in chapter 18 again and and so God is reminding Jeremiah, but also the people, look, he's the one that formed them. He's the one that created them. He has the right to do whatever he's going to do with them. And Paul borrows from this or takes this same analogy and applies it in Romans chapter nine to talk about God's uh, dealings with Israel presently in the church age. And so uh, it's it's here in chapter 18, it shows up in Romans chapter nine. But again, notice in the end of chapter 18, Jeremiah's life is under the, the threat of being extinguished. Um, he's being continually threatened. He's turning to the Lord and praying that the Lord would deliver him and save him. Which is, again, interesting because yesterday we were talking about Jeremiah being willing to step up to bat for them. He's going to bat for these people, and these are the same people, one and the same, who are like, oh, I'm just going to try to kill you, buddy. Yeah. I can understand Jeremiah's frustration here. So his, 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 his lament, his prayer for judgment in verses 19 through 23, I get that. Um, it, it's a righteous indignation, and yet at the same time, I know he's not done interceding for them. Incredible right. man. I can't right. wait to meet him. Right. Right. Hopefully he's not crying anymore. <laughs> well, one would hope. Yeah. Chapter 19, then another picture here that he gives of this uh, this potter, this pottery jar, this pottery vessel um, that he takes and has Jeremiah the prophet shatter as an example of just like I've broken this and you can't rebuild it, so I'm going to break you, Israel. Um, and it, the, the thing I, I noted here is just how terrifying is the judgment of God and how much should we fear him? Um, it's, it's a frightening scene here. I will make this city a horror and a thing to be hissed at verse eight. I will make them eat the flesh of their sons and daughters and everyone shall eat the flesh of his neighbor in the siege and in distress. This, this isn't even the, the, the ultimate final judgment. This is just what's going to happen when Babylon comes in and lays siege to the city. It, what a frightening, frightening proposition. The judgment of God is the wrath of God. And we need to make sure that we're not treating it trivially. Yeah, and what you see here on top of this is the dynamic between God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. Because yeah. God, and God says, "Look, I, I am ordaining this to take place as a as an act of judgment that you deserve." And yet, when the siege takes place, God's not putting, you know, the spoon to their mouth, so to speak, and saying, "Eat this." Right? They are choosing to do this of their own volition. They chose to to act out against God and against creation in this way. It's awful. But Jeremiah wants it to be clear. God says, look, I'm in control of everything. Yeah. I control all things. And and I guess it gets complicated when you start saying, well, did, did God do evil then? Is God responsible for sin? And the answer, of course, is no, he's not. 
we choose to do it. Um, which again, it comes to us. Like we make real legitimate choices. We can never downplay that. Even though at the same time, God is operating on a whole different level, controlling and sustaining all things. Yeah. And, and we struggle to wrap our minds around that and understand that, but that should be a comforting reality for us. Uh, because again, it keeps God from being a figment of our imagination when there are things about him we can't fully explain. Mm-hmm. And yet what we have is what the scripture teaches and the scripture teaches those two truths in parallel tension with one another. And so we, we may not be able to fully explain it and write a, a book about how it all makes sense, though many have tried. I, I think what we have to do, what you and I can do today is, is trust and believe that those two things are true and say, what does that mean for me today? Well, that means I'm, I'm responsible. I have real choices to make before a sovereign God today, and I need to make the right to, decision with him. All right. Don't punt. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just mindful to your point there of man's responsibility of, of what's going on. We've talked about it before in hell right now, that hell is not a place of, of brokenness and contriteness. But even though God is sovereignly pouring out his, his judgment over them in hell, people are still angry at God, weeping and gnashing their teeth at him. Yeah, gnashing their teeth sound a yeah. positive picture. Yeah. Yeah. They're still sinning against him is what we're saying. Right. They're still sinning. They're right. not only Christians are glorified. They're perfected and therefore they refrain. They can keep from sinning because of what he's done. But for those who are suffering his punishment, they, they have no such recourse. Right. Yeah. First Timothy chapter six for our new Testament reading. Then first Timothy chapter six, we get into this uh, reminder against false teaching. This is common in the, uh, not just the pastoral epistles, but so many of the letters in the new Testament, Paul was making sure and wanting to make sure that the churches were on guard against false teaching. And, and that's because at this time, so often would be the case that, that Paul or the, the other apostles would go into an area and they would bring the gospel. And then there would be false teachers that would come right behind them and try to corrupt everything that they had taught and that they had laid down. And these churches, remember, they didn't have their ESV Bibles in their hands to be able to, to combat these things. And so Paul's charging Timothy there to say, hey, you need to watch out, Timothy, for anybody that's going to come in and teach a different doctrine. Uh, and the, anyone that's going to come in and, and disagree with the words that that we've received from Christ and be on guard against that. Listen, church, we still need to be doing that today. We talked about it yesterday, that we're not quick to lay hands on someone. We need to make sure that one of the things that we are doing when we're laying hands on somebody as a pastor in a church is saying, can you defend sound doctrine? Can you protect the flock? That's a, a key role of a pastor and a shepherd and a leader is to make sure that we're guarding against uh, sound doctrine and that are guarding against the attacks of sound doctrine. <laughs> Sorry, I kicked a water bottle over and it made a noise and Pastor Rod looked at me and then I got confused. <laughs> yeah, and, and to, to add to that, you, you notice here in verse 20, not that I want to skip down to the end here and finish it up, but notice some of Paul's last words to Timothy in this letter is Timothy guard the deposit entrusted to you. What's yeah. the deposit? He's not talking about the Holy spirit. He's talking about the true words, the yeah. gospel and Christians for all of us, whether we're pastors or whether we're just parishioners. Um, and there's no such thing as just a parishioner. You're a child of God. You are entrusted to guard this deposit, which means we have to be willing to fight biblically speaking uh, against the errors and the lies of those things that stand against the good deposit. So, I mean, think about your, your, your neighbors who believe in a, in an alternative system, System, whatever that might be, it's not true. It's it's a lie. Or for some people, it's it's even worse because theirs is a distortion of the gospel. There are cults like the like the the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses who will take the word of God and twist it to their own ends, and I would say even twist to their own destruction. Let that not be you. Guard against the the, the errors by knowing your Bible really well. Yeah, yeah. And in in the rest of chapter six, in between those two sections, as so often happens, the the false teaching is connected with a uh, an unhealthy love of 
unjust gain or finances or money. And this is the famous verse, the verse that, that people love to quote out of context. They usually say the root of all evil is money. Is money. Yeah. For money is the root of all of evil. And that's not what it says. It says the love of money is what the root of all evil oh. is. And so this desire that avoids what he commends in verse six, look, we need to have godliness with contentment. That's great gain to be content with what the Lord has given you. Mm-hmm. And for some people, the Lord has given you a bank account that's doing pretty good. And God has given you that and you need to be content with that. Now he gives further instructions for that, right? And and that's why we know that it's not just money in general that's the problem because jump down from verse 10, which it says, that's where it says that. Jump down to verse 17. He says, as the rich in this present age, charge them, he doesn't say charge them to sell all they have. Get rid of their money. To get rid of their money, yeah. to repent from having money. No, he says, don't put your hope there on the uncertainty of riches. Instead, use it for good. Be generous to people. Uh, Do good. Be rich in good works, ready to share. And, uh, you know, even with this church plant, we've seen so many people that have have fallen into that category for us that we're we're grateful for as well, that God has brought to us and and into our midst that are, that would fit that category. And they're doing, they're doing what God is calling them to do. So we've talked about this before, but Christian, we got to be careful when this, when somebody pulls into the parking lot in the brand new, you know, Jeep Wagoneer, Wagoneer, the, the, the gigantic SUV that's super nice and be like, oh, well, the, you know, clearly they've got a, a materialism, a materialism problem. It, we don't know where their heart is and they may be given, you know, 10 times more than they're spending, but God has just blessed them with abundant means. And so it's not that, that money is, evil or wicked or sinful it's loving that which is the problem which paul equates to desire uh, verses 9 and 10 so the love of money and the desire to be rich are what he's working against and therefore uh, for all of us i think all of us need to be careful not to allow that to happen in our hearts and it's so easy uh, especially in such a wealthy culture that we live in and i'm talking about the american culture in general not just north texas although that's also true here i mean there's some really nice houses and lots of money around here uh, it's not the problem. The money's not the problem in the same way that tech's not the problem. Right. Problem is us. Problem is our heart. So guard your heart. Yep. Yeah. So as we flee from some of these things that Paul's instructed us to run from verse 11 and note that we're not just running away, we're running to some, something else as well. So he says, we're, we're supposed to flee the things that might lead us astray, that might corrupt our hearts and pursue instead righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. Here's another inventory Christian for you to hold your life up to and say, okay, do I see these things in my life? Am I pursuing? these things, what would it look like for me to pursue more of these things in my life? And on that note, we're going to talk about a lot of those things in our men's and women's Bible studies this year with the study of the fruit of the spirit. And so uh, we'd love for you to, to be a part of that with us. Men, we're meeting this Saturday That's right. uh, at uh, Grace Church in Frisco. Pastor Rod is going to be preaching from fire fire he's get, literally he's going to be the pulpit's going <laughs> to be on fire, on fire. Oh, yeah. uh john chapter 15 verses one through eight so if you want to do some study and preparation for that that'd be really cool yeah first timothy in the books that's right yeah that's right first timothy's done man until next year until next year yeah god willing we'll keep doing this podcast as long as you guys benefit from it so and you know by the way if, if you are benefiting send us an email let us know how you how, how it's been a blessing to you and also if there's suggestions that you have we're talking about bible plans for next year and man oh man we got some plans but if you have ideas thoughts any, any feedback we welcome that podcast at compassntx.org. true also reviews help Oh, yeah. To, to yeah. boost the, the podcast. Well, if you like them, send a review. Right. If you don't like the podcast, send us an email <laughs> and don't review it. Yes. Only let the good people, <laughs> the good reviews that it is, <laughs> the good reviews go through. If you have complaints, send it, up, send it to us. There you go. Hey, join us again tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Yes, Thanks please. for tuning in today. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.